0: I like to fancy myself a cake aficionado.
1: What an adorable image that is.
2: (laughs) Coming soon to our fevered imaginations.
1: I prefer Laserdisc. (laughs) Welcome to Up Yours Downstairs, the podcast that landed Sausage Side. I'm Kelly Anakin. And I'm
2: Tom Schneider. We
1: are properly married. Well,
2: cover me with eggs and flour and bake me for 14 minutes.
1: Uh, perhaps at the holidays. <laughs> that sounds like a rather heavy dish. <laughs> Baked Tom. Right, yeah. Uh, yes. So welcome, cousins, to our coverage of Blackadder Goes Forth, just in time for the 100th anniversary of World War One. That's correct. The greatest of the great wars. <laughs> right. So before we jump into that, it's time to announce our cousin of the week. This is a very special cousin of the week because she's right here with <laughs> us. Everybody, please make it loud, even though we can't hear you, for the dowager cousin, Jackie.
0: Yay! What she is I here. Say
1: pip pip hooray! <laughs> she is here to guest host alongside of us.
2: That's right. We're, um, we're here in the Dower House.
1: We are in the Dower House. It's very lovely. Yeah. All of the wood finishes on all the furniture matches, which yep. is really impressive to me. Uh, how did you do yes. it? Well, when I was going through
0: the Ikea, I decided if I was going to furnish my entire apartment in particle board, it was at least going to color coordinate.
2: We approve.
1: Yes. You're the real hero.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Forget the soldiers. Ikea's the real hero here.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. Jackie's the real hero. (laughs) Have you ever been in Ikea? It's harrowing. Yes. Anyway. If you're a cousin who would like to be cousin of the week, again, during this hiatus, much easier to be cousin of the week, <laughs> uh, especially if you come to us. <laughs> uh, but you can send us a telegram. We're up yours downstairs at gmail.com, send a carrier pigeon or tweet. We're at five Maggie Smith's on Twitter. That's at five the number five, Maggie Smith's, or just search up yours downstairs on Facebook and send us a message. Please do. That's that. so. Blackadder Goes Fourth. Right. Uh, punnily named yeah. <laughs> for it is the fourth series of Blackadder. Yeah. So before we uh, get into it, Jackie, had you ever seen Blackadder before? No. Um, the whole Blackadder series was one
0: of those cultural blind spots for me. And over my many years of streaming videos through Netflix and other things... Every one of them had recommended that I might like Blackadder, and it got to a point where I basically went, F you, I'm not going to listen to your stupid recommendations and listen to what you might say, even though they ended up being sort of right. Yeah, it's like, hey,
1: I've got my own algorithm, and it's called fuck you. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't pay you $15.99 a month for you to tell me stuff that I like. Right.
2: (laughs) Right. Well, I'm glad we badgered you into <laughs> <laughs> doing otherwise.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I had never seen it, actually, uh, until... We were dating or married, one of yeah, those things some point that we've in our done. Relationship. Um, but I, you know, and I loved British sitcoms. Like, I loved Red Dwarf mm-hmm. so much. I would stay up late on the weekends and watch that. I had to sit through Red Green first. Um, which was funny. I was like, why is Red Green and Red Dwarf on right after each other? And like, PBS never capitalized on that from a marketing perspective, <laughs> but.
2: I think PBS never capitalized on a lot of things from a marketing
1: <laughs> perspective. Well, they certainly haven't uh, tried to buy our podcast <laughs> or give us money <laughs> at any rate. Uh, but I watched it. I've never seen the first series because Tom doesn't like it. And if Tom doesn't like it, I say, be gone for me.
2: <laughs> Foul
1: series. But I love the the last three are really fantastic. Yeah. Um, we quoted a lot, I feel like.
2: I think we do. I can't
1: think what quotes we say often, but uh I'm sure we do.
2: Right. You uh, have no reason to disbelieve us, listeners. <laughs> but I think we do. Well I think I you know, I think that me and my brother had had a tendency to quote it uh for years anyway, mm-hmm. because we would get it. We would borrow the VHS tapes from Wright Library Mm -hmm. that would each have two episodes on them um, and just eventually manage to work our way through pretty much the whole series that way. For
1: our younger cousins, a VHS tape (laughs) was a plastic tape uh, that had a spool of magnetized film that you put into a VCR, and uh, that was how we watched things. Yeah.
2: It was weird. It
0: was weird. <laughs> and half the time, you would stick one in, and then it would get eaten by the machine. <laughs> yep.
1: Forever. Yep. Or you'd get something from Blockbuster, uh, which once was a video rental store and not a punchline. <laughs> and uh, the tape wouldn't be rewound, or you'd have the wrong tape in the box. Uh, it was a dark time. It was. So you should thank your lucky stars that you live in this age of YouTube and you know BitTorrent.
2: But you won't. <laughs> <laughs> Lousy
1: kids. <laughs> I prefer Laserdisc. <laughs> <laughs> because they can double as a Frisbee. Exactly. <laughs> and a weapon in a, in a pinch. I
2: suppose that's true. So Jackie, Jackie Chan could do it.
1: That's true. Jackie can... <laughs> Jackie Chan can do anything. Who
2: wh- can take a rainbow, <laughs> kick it in the balls. <laughs> Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan can... <laughs>
1: Because he makes his it with blood, it makes the punch land good. <laughs> well, this has been disturbing. Right. Uh, No, that was difficult because I was going to ask Jackie a question and then you said Jackie like at the same time. I was like, oh, are we both asking a question? I just
0: want to say that kids used to call me Jackie Chan on the playground because my name was Jackie and they were very original. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I wish they had sang that song because I would
1: not have shoved them otherwise. Yeah. I think you did the right thing.
2: Yeah. To be fair, I only wrote that song just now,
1: (laughs) (laughs) and wrote is probably overstating (laughs) what he actually did. Uh, So, did you enjoy Blackadder Goes Forth?
0: I did. Um, There were a lot of times when I've watched a shit ton of British TV by this point, especially with um, whenever Hugh Laurie would get really excited. I just couldn't understand it, so
2: uh. I'm sure I was missing
0: some punchlines, and hearing Hugh Laurie talk in his natural accent for the whole time was a little bit weird for me. Oh, you were a house fan. The was through house at first, but right. I really did enjoy it, um, and as far as all of the World War I themes that have been discussed on this podcast, um, I think this is definitely one of the
1: better treatments of World War I. I think it helps that it's all set in the trenches and we never leave the trench. Yeah, There's no murder prison. No, there's no murder prison. Plus
0: one.
2: There's, you know, they're never back in London or in Paris or wherever. No,
1: they're pretty much in like, what the same three sets.
2: Yeah. Well, that's yeah.
1: There's Melchett's office. There's the inside of their, their bunk. And then there's the trench. And Then they go to the hospital in that one episode, oh. right? Uh, and I guess but, there's the theater. But I mean, yeah, basically, yeah, like you, but it's pretty much pretty yeah. Much and, it's I mean, that's three locations.
2: That's Blackadder is all that way. And I mean, it's, yeah. you know, they've got you know they had five hundred bucks for each episode yeah. or something like that. You know, I mean, you can see. It, I mean,
1: it's basically a play that they filmed, right? In essence,
2: yeah. And you can see, I like too in uh, Blackadder the third that's set in like the Prince of Wales is like palatial house or yeah, whatever. in the Regency period. Yeah. But whenever they close the doors hard, the walls wobble. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I thought that the tone of these was actually pretty comparable with Parade's end, which is really weird considering <laughs> that Parade's end was this, you know, lavishly budgeted HBO drama. Right. But I mean, that show was really funny yeah. In a lot of ways, um, you know, in that very arch, like Tom Stoppardy way. But Blackadder is also a very arch Tom Stoppardy type piece of television. And I think this one in particular, like, if you map the episode, uh, where, where Sylvia comes to Ruan. Right. To, you know, not actually have <laughs> sex with Christopher. <laughs> Uh,
2: but just to sort of, like, point out that she's not having sex with him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, they got so close. Anyway. Um, but, you know, you know, you can almost kind of map the different people in that episode onto these Blackadder characters. I mean, Blackadder, I guess, is uh right.
2: Except that,
1: like, you know, he's, like, got more, you know, spunk. <laughs> I was going to say, except you don't want to punch him in the face, like, all of them. <laughs> But, you know, like the General Melchett and, uh, you know, the General in Parades End have a lot in common. They do. Not just their mustaches. (laughs) I was going to say, Stephen Fry's mustache in this,
0: like, deserves
1: its own like. (laughs) Oh, man. When he comes out in that last episode with it in a hairnet, (laughs) (laughs) which I think is an actual historical thing. I think we've covered that on this podcast. I was wondering if that was more than just the site gag for... No, for, I think it was it show. was a convention. You know, it's like when women would get their hair set once a week. Okay, and you know they'd have to wrap their head in like tissue paper to I sleep. Knew,
0: like beard nets are were a thing mm-hmm. for
1: guys with beards. Hmm. Yeah, and I mean, you know, his mustache clearly had been curled within an inch of its life, so <laughs> right. he needed the extra the extra help. <laughs> yeah, so let's let's talk about uh, episode by episode.
2: Yeah, let's let's do that. So episode one is entitled Captain Cook.
1: Oh, before
0: we get started, just with the episode titles, I didn't really pay attention until afterward, so
1: I didn't notice the puns in the titles until afterward.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, they're there. I appreciated
1: that greatly. (laughs) Oh, and I was going to say, also, I think we watched the the first three at home on our DVDs, and then we watched the second three in our hotel room on Netflix, and they had subtitles, which can be very helpful. Uh, yes. yeah, I, the, was watch, uh, I was watching it on we Amazon. We watch a lot of British TV with subtitles. And I mean, yeah. generally, yeah, we head. get everything, but... Although,
2: what I will say is, especially given that it was your first time, subtitles throw off the timing of the jokes. That's because true. Because you can read it faster than they say it, and then you see it coming a beat before, you know, the, they deliver the line. So, occasionally, I was like, oh, that wasn't, you know, that that threw, threw things off.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, you know, we've, like, seen them a million or times. right, so it, was so fine, it wasn't, like... It was fine for us. Yeah. Yeah world hat
2: <laughs> yeah the first thing i wrote down was that in the credits which is just some military drill going on and is showing all the characters we see blackadder being a perfectly well-behaved soldier like mm-hmm. you know he's leading his company and giving the orders and everything like that and which is interesting because blackadder's character is generally subversive but he's also like well-behaved he's just very like he doesn't rock the boat and he's, you know, he's, he's anti-authority, but he also exerts his authority on Baldrick all the time. Like he's not trying to like overthrow the system. He's just trying to be like a jerk about it.
1: Well, and I mean, in this series in particular, you find that he's a career soldier, right? And so you, you know, you don't be a career soldier if you've gotten court-martialed a whole bunch of times for being a jackass.
2: Yeah. Well, and actually, the other thing about it, too, is he goes down in status in each of the series. That's true. Because in the first one, he's a prince. The second one, he is, uh, you know, a noble. In the third one, he's a butler to the Prince of Wales. And then in this one, he is just an officer.
1: Yeah. And I mean, the implication, and they never really put too fine a point on it. But, you know, these are descendants of these characters in general. Like, obviously, um, the character of George in this one is not a descendant of the Prince of Wales, because that would be absurd. (laughs) Right. Um, But, you know, Baldrick is, you know, always of, you know, the stinky, smelly Baldricks. Yeah,
2: he he makes a reference in this first episode to centuries of Baldrick's. Mm
1: -hmm. And you know Melchett is descended from the same Melchett who was you know sort of Blackadder's rival in the court of Queen Elizabeth I, first, mm-hmm. and it's uh it's fun. See,
0: yeah. And here I was hoping that it was literally the same people, and they were just Doctor Whoing it and time traveling from period
1: <laughs> to period. There is a series like that, which I've also never. Is it a special? Or That's a, a spe- special. Okay. Yeah. It's Blackadder back and forth. Have you seen it?
2: I've seen it. It's. Is like, it the
1: same time periods, or do they go to different? They time bounce periods? around. Okay. Yeah.
2: It's uh, it's it's a bit weak. It's got some jokes in it, but
1: Well, it, I would hope so. Yeah, uh yeah. it is a comedy but series. But is it more of the oh, that's funny next?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen it. Right. <laughs> it's a uh, yeah. It, it it's not the same as the you know the real series. Mm-hmm. It's it's a bonus track.
1: It was a cash in. <laughs> no, I do wonder. I feel like they spent their entire budget on the theme song on this one because yeah. you never threw out the whole rest of it. You know.
0: The opening credits are, are great. Yeah. And then you open it up and it's like plywood. and <laughs> Oh, yeah. They
1: glue some moss on there for realness. Like, we never see any of the other soldiers. Like, we occasionally see, like, four of them. Yeah, like, in, way the, way background. in the background.
2: Yes. But generally, no. It's just, there's just three people in the British Army.
1: Which might explain why they had such a <laughs> tough time of it before the Americans came <laughs> in. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so basically the plot of this one, I mean the plot of all of them is that Blackadder is trying to find out a way not to get sent over the top and killed.
1: That's a good, uh, good goal, I yeah. think.
2: Also in this case learning horrifying things about Baldrick's cooking, which is a gross out <laughs> theme throughout this series. <laughs>
1: What I love about this series is that it is both very highbrow, but also very, like, lowbrow and broad. Yeah. Like, there are some very, like, sophisticated cultural references, but, you know, they give equal weight to just the disgusting things that Baldrick uses to make food. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) And Hugh Laurie in a dress. Yes. That, too.
2: It's quite enjoyable. Now, I know one of the things he makes is plum duff, which is just another word for fruitcake. So it's, like, not that great, even if he'd been doing it right.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. There are people who really love fruitcake. Are you one of them, Jackie?
0: Fruitcake. Okay. I like to fancy myself a cake aficionado. <laughs> <laughs> and I enjoy baking cakes in all forms, except fruitcake, which is an abomination of this earth. <laughs> And should not be included in any baking cookbook because fruit cake is neither fruit nor cake. Disgust.
1: <laughs> That's true. It is kind of more of like a brandy-soaked bread.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. like a sweet like bread. It's not a cake. Some sort of terrible like j- candy jelly shit
1: in there that stands in for the fruit. Yeah, those are like maraschino cherries. It's disgusting. Yeah, which you th- I love a maraschino yeah. cherry, but I do not oh, like yeah. fruitcake. cake. No.
2: Yeah. Uh, okay. It's
0: like, way to take two great things and then turn it into a shit
1: sandwich. <laughs> uh So, cousins, please, <laughs> no one send us a fruitcake.
2: Right. Don't do it. We'll throw it away. We've we've made ourselves very clear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, another thing about the joke writing is that is that they will just be so long, the joke, sometimes. Mm. Like, one when this, where... We're, uh Baldrick asks who was on the phone to Blackadder and he says, oh, it was Pope Gregory the Ninth, and he was calling from uh the West Indies where he's there with the cricket team and the Balinese goddess of plenty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Possibly uh, one or two other things. And that's just, you know, and it's funny because it's it's a tough thing to do because some of those kind of don't land throughout the series. And then when they don't, like, he's still got to get through the entire, like, 50-word line that's been written. Yeah. And just, you know, plow through. Well, because this
1: is shot live, right? I mean, there's a studio audience in there, and you can see them holding for laughs.
0: Okay. I was wondering if it was shot before a live studio audience, <laughs> trademark 1985. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, or the Brits don't
1: like to call attention
0: to that, that sort of thing. by canned laughter. Well, I mean,
2: the laughter may well have been augmented, but you can definitely see them start, like, hold for a laugh or or, you know... Even in one case, I, I caught somebody stumbling over a line and they left it in and, and mm-hmm. things like that. So,
1: Well, because again, they spent all of their money on that, uh, <laughs> on that march at the beginning.
2: <laughs> Do you know how much money it takes to make film look old-timey?
1: <laughs> Tens of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and we've only got ones of dollars. <laughs> oh, pounds, I guess.
2: Well, sure. Lousy Brits. So the plan he has at this point is uh, actually brought to him he's he's summoned to general melchett's office because he's found out that the men's morale is suffering by being killed all the time
1: which is a bummer
2: yeah uh and so he wants an artist to paint a inspiring cover for a king and country magazine the official magazine of the uh british expeditionary forces
1: Which, uh, George loves and swallows hook, line, and sinker and then Blackadder being the cynic that he is is like, uh, yeah, that thing is, I think he does like basically call it toilet paper. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Yeah, and this is all, uh, in advance of general Haig's latest surprise attack which will be to go straight over the top just like he's done the last 23 times assuming that that will be the last thing that the germans expect
1: yeah and again the series does a great job of like drawing out how stupid everyone involved in this war was <laughs> yeah which is really fun
2: yeah well, i think this is also the one i think where uh he has captain darling read out the list of the people who are cleared for this top secret plan and it's like Well, you and me, darling, obviously, General Haig, General Haig's wife, General Haig's wife's hairdresser, (laughs) this chap I met in the mess hall named Bernard, and all that sort of thing, which is another thing that they never, ever had an actual surprise attack with essentially, there was one exception, they mined a ridge, they put a whole bunch of explosives under a ridge and were able to keep that one secret, so they were able to blow a big hole in the lines that way, and then they had one surprise tank attack, Uh, and that was pretty much it for surprises throughout the whole course of the war. Everybody knew what was going on. They would, you know, the soldiers would talk about it. They'd been given these secret orders and then maybe they went back on leave for a week before. And they're like, everybody was talking about the secret attack next week, like all throughout the streets of Paris or wherever they were on leave. Uh, so, you know, that was definitely, uh, a historically accurate joke, is (laughs) what I'm saying.
1: It's your favorite kind.
2: (laughs) It is my favorite kind. Yeah, so Blackadder naturally volunteers for this, as he's heard that he will have to go to Paris <laughs> uh, to study up the artistic lifestyle. Uh, but it turns out he's not actually any good at painting. And it also turns out that George, surprisingly, is... And has been hiding a whole bunch of paintings in this tiny, like, 10-foot-by-10-foot set somewhere. <laughs> and a whole painter's outfit. Yes. With a floppy hat.
1: Yeah, they do, you know, they do have quite a, a lot of funny costumes uh, for people who are living <laughs> in severe deprivation in the trenches. They may not have coffee, uh, but they do have fancy outfits. Yeah. Well, you know, you can't go to war unprepared for a fancy dress party, as those happen A lot.
2: (laughs) Right. So, uh, Blackadder decides to pass off George's paintings as his own, having first forbidden George to speak without uh, being given explicit permission. And, you know, George keeps, like, asking for permission to speak. This is actually one of the ones I noticed, because there's one point when he goes in and says, permission, and Blackadder cuts himself off saying denied, and Blackadder doesn't actually quite cut him off. And so the joke was like a, a half second off because mm-hmm. he really shouldn't have let him get that word out because you can hear that Hugh Laurie doesn't have the next word ready to go. You can hear him not being interrupted, which is something that I always, you know, work on in my Shakespearean interruptions. <laughs> You're adorable. Thanks.
1: I like this scene because Blackadder comes in and says, as you know, I run an informal trench. <laughs> and I just like the concept of an informal trench. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. And we also see that General Melchett and George have, uh, history back home. Uh, they talk about having, you know, been in London on Boat Race Day and things like that. Uh, which is the big Cambridge versus Oxford Boat Race. That's a big holiday for all the rich people, well all the rich men, to fucking get drunk and go crazy and tear up London. It was a big thing. Bertie Wooster was a big... uh, He would always get arrested on Boat Race Day (laughs) for trying to steal a policeman's hat.
1: (laughs) Like every year he would do the same thing?
2: Uh, It happened more than once, I'll say that. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Did Blackadder predate Jeeves and Wooster?
2: I'm not certain because, I mean, I will say, you know, compared to House... Hugh Laurie's character as Bertie Wooster is exactly the same as his character on Blackadder; mm-hmm. like they're the same person. Uh, and yeah, I'm just not sure. I, I think, I think at least this series was after Jeeves and Wooster. Yeah, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Okay,
0: because I thought I saw a couple of like winks to that, but I wasn't sure if I was just making that up in my own head.
2: Right. Well, I'm not sure if it was intentional or just they're just the same character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh but yeah it turns out that the whole artist thing was a uh, a ruse on the command's part that the real secret mission was for them to go into no man's land and paint the <laughs> enemy trenches in preparation for the oh. attack
0: A note on uh George's painting is I like that it makes black adder look sort of heroic and also demonic
1: <laughs> yes. at the same time I also enjoyed just the description what was it like Oh my God! Was it a paint? It was a painting of a British soldier. But why was the British soldier standing on the nun? Oh right,
2: who had just been raped by a German?
1: Like, <laughs> she's already had a very hard time. And why are you stepping on her? And the nun is Baldric. Yeah. No, you know, a darling points out. He's like, uh, if you painted this, then why does this look like you? And Blackadder's like, oh, it's a self-portrait. Unfortunately, Jenner Melchett is so stupid. You know, Darling's constantly trying to point out to Melchit that, like, Blackadder's a bad egg. But Melchit has his, you know, mustache so far up his ass that he, just, he can't see anything that's going on.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so we we see them actually up in No Man's Land attempting to, to paint the enemy sketches. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're, it turns out they're in a minefield, all this sort of thing. Which I think is the only time we see them over the top... Uh, of the trenches until the final episode
1: well then baldrick and george get into an argument because blackadder says that he's stupid because he was like oh we should have just drawn something and sent it over for all the good it's going to do them and then he said he was you know the stupidest and then baldrick said that he was stupider than blackadder and then george said he was stupider than baldrick (laughs) and they both stand up in this (laughs) minefield in no man's land having this argument about who's stupider uh, until finally they're like, oh, we're going to get shot, and they pop back down.
2: Right. And so paint something from their imagination, uh, which then the, the uh, command is skeptical, and Blackadder says, no, that's how it was. Possibly a few more fortifications and a few fewer elephants. <laughs>
1: Well, because they let George's imagination. Uh, Right. I think Blackadder should have perhaps dictated uh, what George's imagination had to say.
2: Yeah, Blackadder perhaps bears more responsibility for his own trials than he is willing to admit.
1: Agreed. Uh, I think that might be part of the humor.
0: It's almost like it's a recurring theme or something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The more you
0: know.
2: Ding. Yes. And the episode ends with them uh, uh, getting out of the attack by pretending to be cooks and serving Melchett and Darling some of Baldrick's cuisine. Uh,
1: which is like rat and cat vomit. Oh, there was an adorable kitten in this episode. Oh, that's right. It was very cute. Yeah. And also Blackadder said the phrase, a cluster of colorblind hedgehogs in a bag, <laughs> which I was like, what an adorable <laughs> image that is. <laughs> Um, does anybody else remember when Baldrick used to host Da Vinci Code specials on the History Channel? Because that was definitely a thing that happened. It was right around the time, I think the movies were coming out, but it was, you know, all those like secrets of the Da Vinci Code. I'm a sucker for that, Drek, too. Yeah. Oh my God. It was so terrible. Remember when the Da Vinci Code, like everybody was losing their minds over it? Yeah.
2: I do. A friend of mine's mom literally would not let me leave the house Without her copy of the Da Vinci Code, <laughs>
1: I mean, I like, read you it. Have
2: to read it, and it was, it was a like quick.
1: A- it was a quick suspenseful read. Sure, I like enjoyed oh. reading it, but I kind of would have like. You know, people complain about people liking Twilight. I'm like, at least in no way can Twilight be perceived to be the truth. In any mm. way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And then after the Da Vinci Code, people were just like convinced that, like, that albino guy was just lurking around every corner of the Catholic Church. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's just Tony, the custodian.
0: Oh. Um, <laughs> See, of all those wackadoo, like, conspiracy his- history things, I still prefer just by dint of the fact that it has Nicolas Cage in it, is the National Treasure movie. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And National Treasure 2, Book of Secrets. <laughs> Oh, no. That's a piece of shit. (laughs) Oh, that was one of my first stand-up jokes ever. Uh, My joke was just making up subtitles for National Treasure 3. Let's see what were some of them. Freezing point. Uh... Oh, gosh. What else was there? No,
2: there were some good ones. The
1: Legend of Curly's Gold. (laughs) No, well, that's another good one, but it's already taken. It's actually, I think, online still (laughs) somewhere. Final Uh, Ultimatum. Oh, yeah. Final Ultimatum. Wasn't there something about, like, an embryo or, like...
2: Yeah. (laughs) Trouble in the womb. Yeah.
1: Trouble in the womb. (laughs) (laughs) National Treasure 3. Trouble in the womb. (laughs)
2: Coming soon to our fevered imagination.
1: <laughs> hey, man, I
0: have a large tax
1: bill. What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> so, moving on to episode two Corporal Punishment.
2: <laughs> Bazing. Yes.
1: Jokes. This is British wit at its finest.
2: <laughs> it, it kind of is.
1: <laughs> they are like the laziest titles. They, they like, are. I don't even think anybody involved in writing the show was involved in the titles this feels like bbc brass because like captain cook in the first one that's barely the topic right of the episode yeah oh there was a lot of uh italian stereotyping in that first episode
2: there was although actually there's much more french stereotyping in this that's series.
1: true well they are dealing with the french yeah they're in france
2: they well belgium probably no oh. they're in france yeah they're part of the line is in france yeah yeah, yeah.
1: So, stay classy, Britain. <laughs> stay classy.
2: Yeah. So, uh, the, the plot in this one is that Blackadder keeps getting orders to go to the front, which he keeps, you know, pretending not to have gotten. He pretends to have a bad telephone connection with Captain Darling, which includes him faking a radio signal tuning in to a wandering minstrel lie <laughs> which I actually liked because that was kind of a real, like, period singing style that he was doing there mm-hmm. unlike certain people.
1: Yeah, Jack Ross. <laughs> I'm just wild about Harry. That's not even... That was like Michigan J-Frog. Like, that's not even Jack Ross. I'm sorry, everyone, that my Jack Ross impression is not as good as my McGee, my Sylvia, or uh, my Agnes Towler. Like, there's only so much I can do.
2: You're only one woman.
1: I am only... Well, that you know of. Oh. <laughs> I've got a double life, see?
2: <laughs> that's a 30s gangster, oh, I see? I maybe we
0: were going to get into some orphan black territory
1: here. Shh! <laughs> if you tell him, then the Dyad Institute is coming after us all.
2: What a bunch of jerks.
1: <laughs> oh, also, listen. We're not going to cover it. Right. We don't know how many times we have to say it. <laughs> we're not going to cover anything that's not an Edwardian or post-World War I era. England or the British Empire. Right. But you should just all watch Orphan Black.
2: Yeah. It is so good. I'll tell you what. I'll make you a deal. If the next season of Downton Abbey has clones in it, then we will consider covering Orphan mm, Black in the hiatus. That's a good one. If there's yeah.
1: clones, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Or how about if they just say the word clone? <sighs> Yeah, maybe they're like, they're, um, they're starting a, a greenhouse and they want to grow some marijuana plants. <laughs> sure. And they need some clones from uh, the pig man. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, my family's been raising pigs and marijuana for years.
2: <laughs> we used to just make rope out of it. We found a much better use.
1: <laughs> they're my pigs.
2: If you ever wondered why we spend so much time studying the ways of pigs, it's because we're high.
0: (laughs) And also hungry.
2: (laughs) But the final attempt to contact Blackadder is made via carrier pigeon, which Blackadder shoots in order to capture and read the message. Sadly. No,
1: I think he just shot it so that they could say that, like, it never came.
2: Well, fair enough. But in any case, the postscript in the message is that shooting carrier pigeons is now a capital offense. <laughs> so there's that. So they quickly decide to eat the evidence, which isn't the worst idea. But then Blackadder has a bad idea, which is to tell George and Baldrick that if anybody asks any questions, that they definitely did not get any messages and definitely did not shoot that nice plump pigeon. <laughs> As anybody who's seen Blackadder before can imagine,
1: <laughs> this is not going to end well it for Blackadder.
2: Uh, So Melchit and Darling arrive all in a huff at the fact that they have not, in fact, advanced upon the enemy as ordered. And naturally enough, they ask Baldrick and George innocent questions, to which they reply that they did not get any messages and definitely did not shoot that nice pigeon. Well,
1: Blackadder also foolishly just leaves the carcass of the pigeon sitting on the table. Like, if you're going to try to eat a pigeon that you could get, you know, court-martialed for shooting... Uh, be just a little bit more uh, cautious. Yeah. You know? At least pluck the feathers. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes, because things go from bad to worse. It turns out this was not just any carrier pigeon. <laughs> this was Speckly Jim, <laughs> Melch's prize pigeon that he raised from a chick.
0: <laughs> so that means he's had it for like a few weeks, a year.
2: Yeah, I don't know. How
0: right, p- yeah. How do pigeon pigeons sure p- work? I'm not I'm not well-versed on the ways
1: of pigeons and their aging. Cousins, have you ever raised a pigeon from a chick? <laughs> Does someone you know have a pigeon? If so, we want to know how they age.
2: <laughs> like, is the speckling a sign of age, or is it what?
1: I think he was speckly from the beginning. Oh, fair it enough. It sounded like to me. I do feel bad for speckly, Jim. He did seem like a really good pigeon.
2: Yeah, yeah, true enough. Although there's some, because actually carrier pigeons, like, they only go, like, they're one way. You, have, you know, they know how to get home, and that's the only place mm-hmm. they know how to get, get. So you gotta, he would have had to, have, like, speckly Jim would have had to have been established in those trenches, uh-huh. and then, you know, shipped back to headquarters, and then released with the message. Yes. So Blackadder should have known that that was a prize pigeon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dummy.
2: So the result is that Blackadder gets arrested. This is, I don't know, this may be my favorite episode of the series, at least in terms of the funniest, to me. Uh, because he winds up getting George as his defense lawyer.
1: Yeah, he tried to get this other lawyer.
2: Who is, Ooh, yes. He discusses with his jailer as a, a fantastic lawyer, uh, got in the case of the bloody knife, uh, when a man was seen <laughs> holding the bloody knife over the body. 27 witnesses saw him do it, and when the police came, he said, I'm glad I killed the <laughs> bastard. And this lawyer not only got him off... He got to the victim's family to pay for his dry cleaning, and he was knighted in the New Year's Honors List.
1: And then comes the best joke in all of British everything. (laughs) Because Blackadder says, Remember Oscar Wilde. And the jailer, God, what does the jailer say? Oh,
2: big butch Oscar. Yeah. terror of the ladies.
1: 114 (laughs) illegitimate children. (laughs) And author of the best selling pamphlet uh, Why Why I I Like like to Do do It with with girls. Girls and uh this lawyer got him sent to prison for being a whoopsie <laughs> yeah
2: but yeah we both think that the pamphlet why i like to do it with girls oh my gosh is,
1: <laughs> i funniest. want to read that because <laughs> that's a subject you wouldn't think you'd need a pamphlet about <laughs> right. in general the people who like to do it with girls just do it with them and right. we're all like oh that makes sense
2: Yeah, but, well, you know, that's Oscar Wilde for you. Yeah, oh,
1: yeah. (laughs) I can imagine that that would be very
0: popular in some private Christian schools (laughs) in this country. That's a good point. They would probably want to get their hands on that.
2: (laughs) Well, we'll see what we can do. (laughs) Yes, but instead of that guy, George shows up with his lawyerly wig on, ready to go and he you was know, like oh I didn't know you were a lawyer he says oh no I'm a total duffer at this sort of thing
0: <laughs> the wig though the wig it's so cute and ill-fitting and perched yeah. on top of his head it's very law and order UK you,
2: yes you just
1: want to <laughs> pinch his cheeks no Hugh Laurie is adorable he is like in his younger years he, he is, is just precious
2: yeah Yes, he's planning on playing the mindless optimism card rather heavily. (laughs) Oh, go on, let him off. Such a beautiful day. Birds, trees, (laughs) etc.
1: That sounds like the kind of defense that uh, uh, also named George in uh, A Room with a View would have tried. (laughs)
2: Life, trees, etc.
1: Gotta hate Julian Sands. My pamphlet is called, Why I Hate Watching <laughs> Julian Sands.
2: That may not that might not sell as well.
1: Uh, yeah, because nobody remembers who Julian Sands is.
2: Well, and rightly so. <laughs> yeah, but it's high stakes in uh, Blackadder's Goes Forth. Like, their lives mm-hmm. are always on the line.
1: Uh, it's war. Yeah. It's very much war.
2: Yeah. That's it,
1: kind of the whole point of war.
2: Yeah. Uh, in this case... It's, you know, he's not even in danger of getting, uh, you know, killed by the Germans. He's in danger of being shot by a firing squad.
1: The most hilarious firing squad of all time. (laughs) Yeah. This guy was like the, like the British Patrick Warburton, I thought. (laughs) Yeah. Uh. AKA Putty from Seinfeld. Yeah. A.K.A. Kronk from The Emperor's New Groove.
2: Yeah, the head of the firing squad, uh Stephen Frost, who was uh on the original Whose Line Is It Anyway, very often. That's oh I knew you are yeah. so smart. Thank you. You're welcome. And uh, polite. Yeah. After oh there was a, a trial a court martial which was of course presided over by General Melchett.
1: Yeah, it was basically Tyrion's trial. <laughs> it <And> was. Melchett <laughs> is um, Tywin Lannister, and Darling was Cersei. Yeah, because I mean, Darling is just thrilled that finally you know because he's been kind of trying to get Blackadder in trouble, presumably for the entire war, and has failed, and now you know it seems like he's finally going to get his come up in in the form of a firing squad. So yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, and I also like, it's a panel of three judges, uh, two of whom don't speak, Because they would have had to get paid more. Uh, but who are also, who are just completely on board with this wildly inappropriate trial. Well, and
1: General Melchett is called as a witness. <laughs> yeah. In the trial that he's presiding over. <laughs> so that he can play the sympathy card for his <laughs> beloved Speckly Jim.
2: <gym. laughs> yeah. So yeah, the firing squad is fantastic. They're all like very good natured and they, uh, you know, are making jokes. And all this sort of thing. Well,
1: Blackadder kind of fits in with that because he's got a very good sense of humor. Right. Uh, right. Except, you know, they're not, uh, they're not giving any any sway to his, uh, you know, repeated attempts to not get shot.
2: Oh, right. It's, they're just doing their jobs. <laughs> but fortunately, uh, Lifeline comes into play as Baldrick accidentally brings a letter from George to George's family to Blackadder. Uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, he's he's switched the packages yet again and has given Blackadder the long letter, but he realizes in reading this letter that George's uncle, I believe, is minister for war and can override the trial and set Blackadder free. I believe
1: the 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 quote is something like, "Oh, who'd believe mad old Uncle So and So?" Yeah. George's family is a constant source of amusement. Yeah. Because they are just the kind of, you know, inbred, you know, British people. You know, because one of them is about, like, Cecily riding a horse right. or something. and a pony just, show. Or yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, because then, so he tells Baldrick that all George has to do is telegram the person in the letter to set him free. And so George is going through all the other people in the letter. He's like, oh, yes, Cecily, she'll ride her pony over the wall, capture Blackadder, and ride off to safety. <laughs> But he eventually figures out that he should be telegramming the Minister for War, and they decide to have a drink to celebrate. Cut to uh, the firing squad getting ready to shoot Blackadder. But then a telegram comes at the last moment. It says, here's looking at you, love, the boys in the firing squad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're the best and the worst. They
2: are. Uh, It turns out that the Minister of War found out on his own that... Uh, Blackadder had been sentenced to death in a shockingly inappropriate trial, <laughs> and set him free. And wonders why Bertie didn't do it. Or Bertie George didn't do it himself. Uh, so, wah, 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 wah. Yeah. So Blackadder sends them all off in a suicide mission. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Which brings us to episode three, Major Star, for which I have almost no notes. Because any time that there is an episode with the talent show, I <laughs> am just wrapped.
2: Yeah. That's yeah. basically what's happening. Uh,
1: this, this and the next episode were my two
0: favorites. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I don't understand all of my notes here. Uh, yeah. yeah. So there's two things going on. Mainly the talent show. The talent show is in response to the uh, Russian Revolution, which Baldric is very <laughs> excited about. Um,
1: Well, Baldrick has the most to gain Yeah uh, From a a revolution
2: Indeed And there's also this thing that, that really did exist for a month or two Where the liberals were very excited Because they'd always wanted to feel like they were the good guys in the war And... You know, having one of their allies be the Tsar of Russia did not help them feel like the good guy. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, now now the workers will unite. They'll help us fight the Germans, and everything's going to be great. Whereas the workers' whole point was we don't want to fight the Germans anymore. That's we've, why we had this yeah, revolution. We've got
1: our own problems. <laughs> oh, right.
2: And also the French uh, mutinied at this point, like to a, a really severe degree, like they were in real trouble. And it was, you know, they, they were able to keep the Germans from finding out because if the Germans had attacked the French front uh, for a period of about a month, they would have just stormed through because the French were completely fed up with the war and on strike and just like getting drunk and making demands and not listening to their officers. That it was, sounds great. Yeah. It was, they Let's were, do that. Yeah. They were completely out of control. So, obviously, what was needed was a talent show.
1: Oh, yeah. Right. Listen. Obviously. There's nothing for morale like a talent show, you guys. We should have one right in now. One with the budget of like three pounds. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, in keeping with the budget for everything else on this show. <laughs> As true. As was the style of the time. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and Melchit describes this to Blackadder and says that if it's successful, it will then go back to London to be at the Palladium, uh, because they don't want revolution taking hold in London either, lest they win the war and return home to find the workers breaking wind in the palaces of the <laughs> mighty. <laughs> Farts. Yeah. Uh, we also meet in this episode General Melchit's driver, Bob. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Bob, who's obviously a lady, yes. Uh, but General Melchin is convinced is a man,
2: yes. It was actually the second time uh, Gab- Gabrielle Gleister was in Blackadder in the same thing, and in, in the the second Blackadder she plays, I think, also named Bob, but uh-huh. the same situation where she's oh, un- convincingly right. dressed as a man. Yeah. yeah, and she's so great. I love her. Oh yeah, she's yeah. terrific. Um, so she's. I feel like they should use her more.
1: Well, uh, the show's been in the can for a couple decades now, I so like I don't think we. Uh... Th-
2: they, they should have.
1: Ah, I yes. see.
2: Um, but anyway, so the, the talent show consists of uh, Baldrick doing his Charlie Chaplin impression, <laughs> which consists of wearing a hat and balancing a slug on his lip for a mustache. <laughs>
1: Oh, and we find out the black editor hates Charlie Chaplin. Yes. Just with a passion. Yeah. Just can't stand him.
2: Yeah. Indeed. Sends a telegram off to Charlie Chaplin just to tell him how much he hates him.
1: <laughs> I wish I could do the same.
2: <laughs> with who?
1: Charlie Chaplin. Oh, do you hate Charlie Chaplin? Oh, I do not get it at all. I just <gasps> do not get it. Wow.
0: I don't. I'm
1: kind of in. I feel like I saw Modern Times <laughs> once. But it's like him and the Marx Brothers. I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, you're old.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's so thoroughly of a different... Just a totally different time and different people that I can't...
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, comedy generally usually doesn't age. Sometimes it does. Like, Blackadder holds up pretty well for being as old as it is.
1: Well, I mean, it was set... You know, I think it's helpful because it was set in these historical time periods. Yeah. So they couldn't make any references that were like...
2: Topical. To- yeah, yeah. It had
1: to be refer- If it, You know, if it was references to that time period, it had to be things that people had heard of. Right, right. And, you know, those have stayed reasonably constant.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, and the traditional female impersonator, who in this case is played by George, <laughs> he's, he's a very, uh, very fabulous in his female impersonator. outfit. He impersonating makes a very outfit.
0: handsome lady. Yes. <laughs> he does.
2: And Bob is also around just kind of helping out. She, I, I like how, uh, she, uh, Baldrick is having an, problems keeping his slug on and she says, oh, slugs are always a problem. Let's see what I can do.
1: No, she's a great stage manager.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the, uh, the show is, in fact, a wild success. Particularly for General Melchett, who then asks if he can take the lovely leading lady, Georgina, out on a date. <laughs>
1: Which is hysterical. Yeah. Uh, is this the part where Baldrick goes off on his thing? No. Which thing? My favorite thing in this whole episode is when Baldrick starts fantasizing about dressing as a woman and marrying, you know, a nobleman. <laughs> right. And you will have to call me me lady. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, yeah. No, that's because they need, they decide they need a replacement for George later on. Uh, and so that's when Baldrick volunteers. Yeah. But yeah, so George does go on this date with Melchit. Uh,
1: and they and have a great time. They have a
2: great time.
1: <laughs> it's even funnier when you think about the fact that they do have this history. And yeah. General Melchett has known him since he was a nipper. So it's like, how do you not recognize this man in a dress? Uh, but again, General Melchett is an idiot. Well, right. He was probably high on
0: the fumes of
1: whatever styling wax he uses yeah. on his mustache. <laughs> Well, and it's funny because I was reading something about 22 Jump Street, uh, which just came out and like kind of like whiffing on like the idea of like a man being in love with another man. Mm. And like, that's not the spirit of this joke. Like they're all taking it like basically completely seriously. <laughs> and like, mm-hmm. and George enjoyed his date. He did. And he yeah. felt like a very fancy lady indeed. Yeah. And was treated with a lot of respect.
2: Yeah. it's so, so we mm-hmm. talked about everything and nothing. <laughs> <laughs> So it went well. Yeah. Uh, but.
1: Well, on his way to being Mrs. Melchett. Oh, wait, no. General Melchett has a wife already, doesn't he? I th- no. General Haig did.
2: Oh, right. Never yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. Ignore yeah. me. Yes. Well, he is. He. Melchett proposes marriage mm-hmm. to Georgina, and she accepts. <laughs> so that is why Blackadder uh, tells Melchett that Georgina uh, accidentally trod on a mine. <laughs> In order to get out of that one. And so they decide They're racking their brains For who Besides Baldrick Could be the next Female impersonator And finally they realize That Bob Is right there All along
0: Like well I guess <laughs> Since we ran out of
1: options <laughs> Well they don't have Any other soldiers
2: Right That's the whole army Right there uh, So and if this performance Goes well They'll be all set They'll be off to London Everything seems to go fine But then Melchit Storms backstage Furious he did not appreciate the new female impersonator at all. He found it ridiculous that Bob had been forced <laughs> to undergo the humiliation of this ridiculous drag act. <laughs> and also, the act that he had previously referred to as the slug balancer. <laughs> that seems to be doing some kind of feeble Buster Keaton impression. See, these are cultural
1: references that hold up.
2: Mm-hmm. We also do see, uh in one of these backstage scenes, Blackadder folding up the receipts, the in the uh, the old British money that we've been ah, seeing yes. so much of. So yeah, that's not going to happen. And then they get a telegram from the Senate Studios. <sighs> Where Charlie Chaplin is, I guess he hadn't struck out yet on his own by this point, uh, saying that they're sending over a whole batch of Charlie Chaplin movies and they must insist that Captain E. Blackadder be the projectionist. (laughs) Don't ever let him stop.
1: (laughs) I always forget that Charlie Chaplin was British
2: and right. started in Britain. Yeah. Yeah. I did. and I even watched oh, that yeah. whole interminable movie about him. <laughs> I forget. Which one? Chaplin.
1: Oh, with Robert R- johnny R- Jr.? Yeah, yeah. I heard
2: that was good. It was pretty good. It was just Oh, you
1: just hate biopics. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I'm human. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you.
1: You're such a black adder.
2: <laughs> yes, I am.
1: Next on to episode four, Private Plane, featuring the guest star uh, Rick Mayall, who unfortunately just
2: passed away a couple weeks ago. Yeah, uh, but he, oh,
1: that's very sad. It yes. is
2: as as Lord Flashart, which uh, a character he played in a few of uh, these series, and he's and ju- he's just so great. And I think you know they did. They didn't want to overuse him because he just, you know, steals oh, whatever oh, he's yeah. in. You he's know. so
0: fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. Of the, actually, of the whole series, he was by far my favorite part. And that was because as I was watching this episode, I realized, oh, so he's like 75% Zap Brannigan from Futurama. <laughs> and then when he's doing all the pelvic thrusting, he's Duffman from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> and so. As soon as we're done with this, I think I'm going to rewatch that episode again, because <laughs> I love it so much.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the episode actually opens uh, with Blackadder trying to listen to his record player, and the song he's listening to is, again, A Wandering Minstrel Eye. Oh. Yeah. So, I was like, oh, those a That's great. Right.
1: <laughs> well, and actually, speaking of callbacks, this is like now a deep cut, back in the first episode... The way that they became cooks to get out of, you know, that military action was to call uh, Captain Darling impersonating Pope Gregory the Ninth, who right. insisted that he needed uh, General Melchitz's <laughs> cook, and then they were impersonating three Italian chefs. So, clearly, look, anytime you put on a disguise in this universe, apparently, you are just indistinguishable. Yeah.
2: It's very similar to, like, the Warner Brothers universe in that yeah. way. Yeah. And also, I meant to say this at some point you know I'll throw it in here I just love the fact that the studio audience at least never gets tired of people calling Captain Darling darling in an amusing way
1: they
0: never did that got kind of old for me every (laughs) time somebody would go oh darling or yes darling every time I was like okay you can skip like every fourth one (gasps)
1: please
2: (laughs) I think I just
0: blocked it out the joke she is dead (laughs) (laughs)
2: Well, maybe if you were only watching one episode a week, but in any case, we also they also reference uh Jerry in this episode.
1: Yeah, so what gives everyone? <laughs> right.
2: Our confusion remains. Yar
1: boo sucks to you, Fritzy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh at some point somebody references Crufts, which we didn't know what that was, and it turns out to be the world's largest dog show. I don't remember the context that it came up in, but <laughs> If you're watching this and you're like, what's Crufts? Now you know. Yeah. But then the important thing happens, which is that Lord Flashart crashes into the British trenches and uh, meets up with Blackadder. Uh, well, he
1: tries to kill him because he thinks he's landed uh, sausage side. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, he thinks he's on the German side of the trench. But uh, then, oh man, Blackadder does not like this guy.
2: Yeah. He really hates
1: him. Yes. I think Blackadder's a Capricorn. um (laughs) fair enough i know
2: yeah uh and he's just it's i mean just impossible to describe how great he is and just you know just he's incredibly arrogant and full of himself and uh his own sexual prowess and he punches people out all the time (laughs) and it's just fantastic and it's clear that his beliefs in his own sexual prowess are reciprocated by the opposite <laughs> sex, as Bobby, who's has apparently been uncovered as a woman in this episode, yeah,
1: that's never uh, explained. Right,
2: that's never brought up, but is immediately ready to go when Lord Flashart comes around. Well,
1: and then when he, you know, realizes he's in a British trench, he has to call, you know, the War Office and you know let him know he's okay, because otherwise, all of the women in London would have no reason to live. <laughs> yeah. And he convinces Baldrick to be his human footstool, right? And, and then, then he farts on his head. Yeah, it's just ah, uh, it's all of the things, you guys.
2: Yeah, he says that you know they should they should join up the, with the Twenty minuters, uh which is the Air Corps, and you know it's a great life, soft bed, good tuck, and pretty ladies. Yeah, the sort of uniforms too. Oh right, uniforms so smart they have a PhD from Cambridge. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Baldric and George, with their hero worship, are immediately eager to sign up. Blackadder is against it, but then realizes that that all actually does sound great.
1: Well, and they think that they're called 20 Miniters because they only have to do 20 minutes of work a day, and then they just get to hang out in Paris all the time uh, having sex with Parisian women. Right.
0: Well, because don't they say at this point that the 20 Miniters refers to, like, your average flight time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause they just hear that refers to the average flight time for a pilot. Yeah. Yeah. And then they learn out later what that means.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. So first, uh, blackadder goes and tries to get darling to let him transfer Darling refuses, but then Melchit comes in and overrides him. He says that he thought you were, a, that Blackadder was, you know, a shirking, would, would rather would rather have a cup of tea than run stark naked at Jerry sort of guy.
1: <laughs> that
2: seems foolish. <laughs> right. Uh, but he says, but now he dis- feels differently and Blackadder welcome to marry his sister. <laughs> Darling says, are you sure? And he says, yes, I can't stand the woman. <laughs> Which is just a reminder that that's how things were back then. If, your sis- if you were the oldest brother and your sister didn't get married, you were stuck living with your sister forever. Yeah. And that was that. There was no alternative.
1: Well, if Melchit doesn't like her, she might get along pretty well with Blackadder.
2: <laughs> yes, possible. In any case, they head in. They get a very brief training from Flashart. And learn that 20 minutes is the average life expectancy for a new pilot. Yeah.
0: The, yeah, I enjoyed the brevity of the training. It was very much the monorail in The Simpsons where mono means one and rail means rail. <laughs> the end. <laughs> now go forth
1: and kill yourself. Oh, man. No, it's... it's ah, God. Catching Flash Heart's so great.
2: Yeah. He is. Well,
1: and he's not even in this episode that much. But he just, like, dominates the whole thing. Right. Yeah. And it's I think it's the fact that every time he goes at it, like, 200%.
0: Because I think if he didn't do that, then it would come across as annoying. But it sort of goes that full circle. It's where you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I dig it.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, and you know what's interesting? I was reading this thing when Rick Mayall died, I think on Pajiba, about... He was in Harry Potter. He was Peeves. The, uh jocular poltergeist who lives in hogwarts and uh he was so funny that they had to cut him out of the movie because every time he would try to film a scene with the kids like they tried all these things like the kids couldn't see him but like they just were dying laughing and they were like you can't be in the." like he got paid yeah for everything but like the kids just couldn't handle it so they had to cut his character (laughs) i blame Chris Columbus, as always.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Those stupid 10-year-old kids for not being more professional. Oh. Right? Like, get it
1: together, tykes.
2: Yeah. So Blackadder and Baldrick get shot down by Baron Richthofen, <laughs> which, uh, despite having a red plane and being, being, being named Baron Richthofen, he's not Baron Richthofen, who was the Red Baron. Yes. Just a, a, a note, as will be made clear at the end. Uh, and they get captured and put in a German prison cell and, uh, briefly interrogated by G- General Richtoven, who has conceived of a fate worse than a fate worse than death for them, which is that he is going to send them to a convent and have them teach, uh, home economics to the novices. <laughs> He
1: also thinks that the whole British culture is like about fart jokes. (laughs) Just like his monologue is also really fantastic. I've been sitting here thinking that the fifth episode is my favorite. It might still be, but this one's pretty great. Um, I do like to be contrarian though, but, uh, no, but I mean, just, he's just like, he's, he's ridiculous in this scene and you're like, what? And his, his German
0: accent, sort of, when he really gets going, wanders into French accent territory.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then George, who has insisted that he go on a rescue mission sp- overriding Darling's intentions, uh, uh, busts in and is there to save them. Blackadder's is, of course, horrified as he would love nothing better than to spend the rest of the war in a convent. <laughs> Uh, And he will not be humiliated as Richtoven thinks he will be. Uh, But then it turns out that George had some help. And who is it? It's Lord Flashart. Hooray! God's potatoes, says George. (laughs) (laughs) So they are forcibly saved by Lord Flashart and taken back. Well, because uh, von Richtoveren. Von Richtoven. Anyway, he...
1: Shows up, right and he is saying, "Oh, you know, oh, flash art We meet at last, and he's you know super villain model. get <laughs> flash art, just shoots him and says, "What a puff!" <laughs> <laughs> and then they leave, and it's yeah. the best.
0: <laughs> yes, and I love the
1: uh, the leather coats mm-hmm. that all the pilots wear, yeah, in this episode. I also think that perhaps Lord Flashheart read Oscar Wilde's pamphlet, Why I Like to Do It With Girls. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, this will be my life's work. Maybe he wrote the foreword. in <laughs> the 50th anniversary <laughs> reprint.
2: <laughs> when I was a young lad, I would do it with girls, but I didn't know why. <laughs> Then I came upon this pamphlet. (laughs) Yeah. The last note I have in here is that uh, this is the first episode we were watching with subtitles. And Melchit has a sort of signature thing he does, which just goes... (laughs) 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 well
1: it's because he's crazy we find out starting in this episode that he's actually clinically insane yeah
2: which the subtitles ad has spelled that as b-e-e-a-a-a in case any was wondering (laughs) 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 i don't know (laughs)
1: yeah
2: i'm not sure how accurate that spelling is
1: (laughs) (laughs) only Stephen fry knows (laughs) Now moving on to episode five, General Hospital, which might be my favorite because it has sex in it. Well, that's that's pretty much the only criteria that I have. I'm like, oh, is there doing it? Great. (laughs) I'm all ears.
2: Yeah. I have a note, and I don't remember what at the beginning of the episode inspired this, but just that George sometimes thinks that he's smarter than Blackadder. Like, Baldrick knows he's stupider than yeah. anyone, but George sometimes... Oh, it's because they're playing I, Spy, at the beginning?
1: Yes. Oh. Blackadder,
2: and he's like, oh, I really think you're missing the point of this, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the, this plot centers around the hospital, uh, where there is a spy, we are told. Uh, and be-
1: Well, because George... Then decided, instead of playing I Spy, he decided to try I Hear with My Little Ear, something that begins with B. And it was a bomb that
2: hit their trench. <laughs>
1: yeah. And so George, you know, broke his arm or something? Yeah. yeah. His arm is in a sling for the rest of the episode.
2: Right. So it's arm related. So that's what happened. Uh, nobody else was injured. And he was being nursed at this hospital by the same woman that played Queen Elizabeth I. Miranda Richardson! Yes.
1: Who's yeah. the best?
2: Who is the best? I her f- Queen Elizabeth the might be my favorite part. I fist
0: pumped of- when I saw her on the screen.
2: <laughs> yeah, her Queen Elizabeth is I love so much the way she plays that character. So look it up. Um, also in this episode, uh, somebody refers to the Germans as Fritz. Mm-hmm. So get come on, yeah. consistency. We're
1: uh, we're we're going by every single name. <laughs> yeah. that we have painstakingly discussed the <laughs> historical. <laughs> accuracy of here so yeah.
2: i know somebody says the bosch also somewhere
1: yeah i think that's in the next episode
2: i think you're probably right she's helping george with all his letters to his various people one, who, one of his relatives lives in walton on the nays which i just wrote down is an amusing place <laughs> name uh we also they do some weird directorial things in this one there's one shot blackadder reports to darling and melchett's office and there's, like, a camera... Like, the camera's, like, behind the desk. Like, Dark- Darling is hiding behind the desk, and we get this Darling POV shot. They never do anything well, like that. Well, it's because
1: they're they're hiding because it's a spy mission. Well,
2: I understand that. I just mean in terms of choosing that, like, shot. There's no other POV shot in, in the series. You know, everything uh, else is very static. You know, static somebody got drunk. Yeah, no, they, they were like, oh, well... Well, we're going to class it up with this one.
0: It's one of those things where back then they would try and do that with steady cam, So it just looks like, oh, look at me shake around this giant camera yeah. Yeah. in a weird, distracting fashion.
2: Yeah. So they're hiding because there's this security leak and they don't know what's going on. Melchior is hiding behind like a map. And, you know, it's ridiculous as everything <laughs> they do is. Uh, he says, <laughs> he says, security is not a dirty word, Blackadder. Crevice, that's a dirty word, <laughs> which I thought was great. I also learned that the French town uh, Boulogne is pronounced that way, B-O-U-L-O-G-N-E. I don't know how I always thought it was pronounced, but not that.
1: Boulogne?
2: Yeah, I guess that's, See, what, that's I was, what
1: I always say. Boulogne?
2: Yeah, but at least, at least in whatever region Captain Darling huh. is from, they pronounce it Boulogne. Mm. I just wrote the word blighty. I think I just meant to look up why they called home Blighty back then.
1: Right, because I know in Downton Abbey, O'Brien called Thomas's uh, mysterious disappearing, reappearing injury (laughs) his Blighty. Right, right. Uh, Yeah, so we don't know why Mm -hmm. they used that word.
2: Yeah. But yeah, so Blackadder is detailed to the hospital to track down the spy, uh, and Darling decides that he should go also to the hospital to keep an eye on Blackadder, uh, Melcher agrees and says he'll need a convincing wound And then shoots him in the foot
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> George at some point Explains exclaims, Snakes alive <laughs> I just love all those exclamations <laughs> I wrote several of them down <laughs> uh, And then oddly enough Darling just shows up as himself With a foot wound He had said he would go undercover and then is just there So that was kind of like come on
1: uh, You know he's not very smart
2: Well that's true Somebody describes himself as being as English and Queen Vi- as Queen Victoria, meaning, oh, your parents are German, your husband's German, and, you know, you're half German yourself or something like yeah. that, which they did have, like, all their Germans were monarchs, and that's partly why the monarchy kind of declined in power and Parliament took over, because when George I came along, he couldn't speak English and didn't care to learn, mm-hmm. and so his ministers just sort of started running everything for him, and he was fine with that. And then George the third went crazy, and by that point, it was pretty well, as you know... They, they had pretty much gotten the, the king locked into their figurehead role. So that's, that's a good approach. If you've got a monarch that you wish had, had less power, try to get one that doesn't speak the language. <laughs> They're easier to manipulate.
1: Just like in the princess diary. <laughs>
2: yeah. So Blackadder tells the nurse what's going on, she being the only hospital employee. Uh, and she also reveals that she is not the baby talking, you know, nitwit that she appears to be when she is with George. Yeah, well,
1: because they, you know, she and uh, Blackadder have been at loggerheads since he met her. Right. But when they're having this conversation alone, it quickly turns into a pretty realistic seduction scene. Yeah. Uh, it goes pretty quick.
2: Yeah. It ends with, yeah. or we could just do it on this desk right here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and Blackadder
2: says, "Okay."
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and I their post coital scene. Like we really do see black like at his most sort of like unguarded and like,
1: I mean, he's still an asshole, right? He's still an she's asshole. Like, is there anybody special in your life? And he's like me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. But he means it. He's not just saying it as a line. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it, it is. in we do just see this very slightly different side of yeah. it there. Yes. And he, he says that something about people being, having studied at the great universities, Oxford, Cambridge hall, <laughs> Which, you know, even as an American, I recognize the joke there. Uh, so they head back to tell Melchit that they have found the spy. And somehow the subject of somebody somebody's orders being poo-pooed comes up. And Melchit goes on this long monologue about poo-pooing and poo-poo being ignored and all this sort of thing.
1: It's phenomenal. (laughs) Stephen Fry is so
2: great at this. He is so great.
0: 60 or 90 seconds of just every other word is (laughs) poo-poo.
2: Yeah. Which, in fact, the nurse actually picks up a uh, paper and starts reading it during this monologue. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But then Blackadder reveals that she, in fact, is the German spy. And he figured it out uh, for various reasons, but particularly on the fact that she did not recognize that only two of those universities are great universities. Which Melchett said, yes, Cambridge is a load of crap or whatever It's a said. dump. Dump, yeah. Because uh, he's crazy.
1: <laughs> well, and he's an Oxford man.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's about it. Well, Darling brings in the person that he thought was the spy because he had a wildly German accent.
1: But it turns out he is just a British spy who's been embedded in Germany so long oh. that he's picked up this outrageous accent. Yeah. A note about this guy before
0: we move on, oh, yeah.
1: which was funny
0: only to me. <laughs> <laughs> the the, uh, the the character looked identical to my Russian professor in college. <laughs> it was one of my academic advisors, <laughs> so it was very off putting when I was uh, looking at the screen. I go, "That looks just like Dennis from college," <laughs> <laughs> and it's clearly
1: not. Yeah. So, Dennis, if you're listening,
0: yeah. uh, we're thinking of you. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, Dennis, if you're still teaching at Gus Davis,
2: and uh.
1: Sure,
2: I, I don't really know how to pronounce Russian.
1: Yeah, he didn't study it in college. No. Now we have episode six, the final episode aptly named Goodbye!
2: Yeah. And uh, this episode is just ast- astonishing, actually. Yeah
1: it's um, uh i feel like this is the reason we decided to do this because the av club did like a round table about it
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you know anything the av club can do we can do better
2: that's generally our. Uh,
1: <laughs> sucks to you vanderwerf even though you're leaving um i hope one day to get into a fist fight with todd vanderwerf Ooh. i think my chances of winning aren't good i'll hold your purse thanks babe <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, so this is the the final episode, Mm -hmm. which is, uh, it's kind of astonishing what they do in this episode.
2: Yeah. I mean, and it's like from the beginning, like it starts in the rain. And I, you know, I, I forget, like, it's almost just as joke dense as any of the other episodes.
1: I would be really curious to put, you know, episodes of this show up against episodes of 30 Rock and see which had the most joke density Mm -hmm. because i feel like it's it's comparable although well no because 30 rock would do some really long jokes at times
2: yeah i think i think more what it is i think both of them like i think 30 rock probably has more joke density but i think if you calculate the number of lines that aren't a joke Mm -hmm. you know like they're both have the same thing where every line yeah is, is, is a joke um yeah, and and Birdie starts talking about when he enlisted. I say Birdie because George? I wrote that down several times. Uh, talks about well, this one too. This was the most Birdie thing because he lists all the wacky nicknames of his friends. Yeah,
1: the Trinity Tiddlers.
2: The Trinity Tiddlers.
1: <laughs> I love that he was at Trinity. Yeah, he was in divinity school. <laughs> this fucking idiot was at divinity school. Like I guess. Well, I mean, it would make sense if he's a second son,
2: right? And he's gonna So go he go would have had to, you know, go into the church. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then just starts going through the list and realizing that he is the only one that is still alive.
1: And it's, you know, it's it's very, like, poignant, but he doesn't quite, you know... Because I think Blackadder says something to him. He's like, oh, you know, how do you feel? And he's like, oh, I'm still very excited to go and, you know, kill these Jerrys, or whatever they call them this episode. Right.
2: Yeah, and Baldrick <laughs> talks about when he enlisted and how uh, the... Uh, him and the turnip street workhouse pals and everybody was cheering for them. Mm -hmm. And it was like the only time he ever felt popular, popular. Yeah. And a
1: girl kissed him.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, and this is where we find out that uh, Blackadder is a career soldier and, you know, that things have changed when he joined up. The British Army had just one stipulation is that their opponents must un, you know, under no circumstances should they be armed. Yeah. So, you know, you know, it's a nice dig at British imperialism as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the whole series is extremely critical of the way that England conducted this war. Yeah. And it doesn't have any kind of um, it's not patriotic at all. Mm hmm. It's the opposite of patriotism. Because if you look at like Downton Abbey, you know, they were all very like patriotic and you know, Mr. Selfridge as well is very uh pro not pro war, but like they're very pro He's very like pro like the crown or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Yeah, Yeah, there's no there's no question on either of those shows about the intelligence of the war. Even at this remove where these shows are being produced now. When yeah. we know how stupid that war was. Yeah.
2: And it, I mean, it'd be like Downton Abbey's missed their chance. It'd be interesting to see Mr. Selfridge because the war, like they're still in the middle of the war. and I mean,
1: they're still at the very beginning yeah, of the war. war. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So to see, you know, as that develops, mm-hmm. how they're, how they handle when that.
0: they'll be home by Christmas. Right, yeah.
2: Right. Um, in this episode, by the way, Melchitz, bit was subtitled was subtitled that was the best one so far by the way <laughs> thank you was subtitled imitates sheep bleating <laughs> which uh, yeah, right. okay
0: which okay side quick diversion my day job that i currently get paid for is working on an educational farm and that is no way the sound of sheep makes <laughs> at all uh well write a letter to the bbc <laughs> <laughs> See well, if they can loop it in. I'm going to send it through the time vortex. <laughs> hopefully
1: gets there. Well, they could dub it over on all the streaming and the DVD.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-
1: I don't know at what point this happened. I just wrote it down, but there's a song. Whoops, Mrs. Miggins, you're sitting on my artichoke. <laughs> uh, my artichokes. That's one of the jokes that you wouldn't get, Jackie, because that is from series 2 three, three yeah. yeah mrs miggins owns a pie shop uh and that's one of the sets that they have because in, in that one you have the the prince regents or no just the prince of Wales's uh right like quarters and then there's like the the kitchen below stairs where baldrick works and then across the street is mrs miggins pie shop so uh shout out to mrs miggins that's
2: right <sighs> there's another another like baldrick has some nice stuff in this one he also has like this long thing about us says no, that, well, there wasn't a war on And now there is a war on And how did we get from one state of affairs To the other state of affairs And it's like this 90 second question It's like do you mean how did the war start uh, and
1: It is the most intelligent string of words That Baldrick has put together the whole time Yeah
2: yeah. And that's And you know also a, a shout out to uh, Oh I know his name But it's, I, I, I can't pull it off the top of my head That plays Baldric
1: Tony, Robbins. Tony Robbins. Tobin Robbins Yeah Robinson Tony, Robbins, oh, Tony is, Robbins is a different guy. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Tony Robinson.
2: <laughs> um, but he, I mean, he's, you know, with Blackadder, the only one that's in the whole series. Mm-hmm. And he does, you know, it's it's such a, like, bizarre character. Yeah,
1: and kind of a thankless role, but he does yeah. such an amazing job.
2: He does. He gets punched well, so yeah. many times. No, but he
1: still manages to invest this character with this sort of weird, quiet dignity. Yeah,
2: exactly. Exactly. Well, and he's
1: very loyal to Blackadder. Yeah. Even as Blackadder's constantly abusing him. Right. Right. You know, I don't know. I can't explain it.
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting. And it's
1: a testament to like the actors and the quality
0: of the writing on the show that I gave more of a crap about these guys dying than I did about the characters in Downton Abbey when we were seeing the scenes of them in the trenches and yeah. you're wondering if they're going to live. Yeah. yeah.
2: Despite those trenches being much more convincing. <laughs> yeah. Indeed.
0: Despite them using better CG.
2: Yeah. Uh, but so, again, in this, it's, again, how are they going to get out of the big push? And Blackadder's plan is to uh, fake insanity by putting underwear on his head and shoving <laughs> pencils up his nose, <laughs> and saying "wobble." <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
2: uh, it turns out that this is a well-known dodge to General Melchett. And, well,
1: it originated in the, the Sudan. Sudan.
2: Yeah, and he hears General Melchett telling George outside the trench that if he finds anybody doing like anything like that, they'll get shot. And so when General Melchett walks in, he's like, he's like, and this is what we would do in the sedan, Baldrick, so don't let me hear you doing it. Uh, and he's running out of ideas, but he suddenly remembers that at the Battle of Mboto Gorge, he saved the life of General Sir Alexander Haig from a pygmy woman with a sharpened slice of mango. <laughs> Uh, and so General Haig will have to get him out of this. Uh, so he calls up General Haig just before the invasion is about to start. And General Haig has a map laid out with a bunch of soldiers on it.
1: This is hilarious for two reasons, because he keeps just like <laughs> knocking over the soldiers and then sweeping them up in a dustbin, uh, yeah. which is a horrific and accurate metaphor for what this <laughs> man was doing for, you know, all the years of the war. But it's also played by uh, the guy who played Alistair on As Time Goes By, mm-hmm. which I love that show. So yeah. I was very excited to see him. Yeah. That's another one that I hadn't seen. Oh, uh, it's really good. It is. It's like, you know, a romance between old people. That
0: the one with Judy Den? It is. Oh, yeah. I see it on PBS all the time. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty great.
2: No, it does. It doesn't look. It, it, it looks so bland, like, you know, because I had seen it promoted on PBS all mm-hmm. the time, too. Like, it's hard to understand. The, but then, that, then Kelly made me watch a few and I was like, oh, wow, this is yeah, really yeah." Well, and
1: I had been made to watch it with my aunt and uncle, who I was living with at the time. Mm-hmm. And my uncle was like, look at this show. It's so great. And I was like, oh, my God, you're right, Uncle Randy. <laughs> <laughs> Randy is such an uncle's name. He is very much my uncle. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's no joke. Uh so Haig is like all right i'll do this favor and this is the last i ever want to speak to you put some underwater on your head cram some pencils up your nose i'll think you're crazy and send you home goodbye and that's it and then there's a scene in Melchett's office that's and this is where the tone like finally and completely shifts uh-huh. where Melchett tells darling that he's tired of you know, he's, he's sorry he's been keeping Darling away from all the fun all this time. You know, he can't go to the front himself. He's got a dicky leg and a wooden bladder.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wooden bladder. Oh,
0: my God.
2: Uh, but he's, I was
0: just like, ha, dicky. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but he is giving Darling an immediate commission for the front so that he can join the push. And Darling begs him not to make him go.
0: Yeah, like the look on his face.
1: No, and so, it's like you've so like genuinely terrified. Yeah, you, you've spent the entire, you know, series hating this yeah, guy. No, shut up, you douche canoe. And yeah. then you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, I have feelings for you, I'm darling. Like, what is this feeling that I'm feeling? It's not hungry. Yeah, <laughs> no. And it's just like, well, if you think about it, too, I think the reason throughout the series that he's such a jerk to black her is because he sees himself in Blackadder, you know he's gotten this cushy assignment mm-hmm. to be 35 miles behind the trench and right. not have to put himself in danger and he sees like blackadder kind of trying to do the same thing so it's this sort of weird you know self-loathing that he's projecting onto blackadder yeah about this but then you know he uh he has to go
2: yeah he does and, like, there's this ominous shot of, like, the shadow of the driver that's there to take him there. And Which all I guess isn't
1: Bob anymore.
2: Well, I guess not.
1: Bob's not very ominous. No. She's bob amus.
2: <laughs> uh But, yeah, and he, he gets to the, the trench, uh, and he talks about how he'd really rather hoped he'd make it through the whole thing and go back and keep Wicket for the Croydon gentlemen and Mary Doris. Yeah, both this is of which, the
1: part at which I start blubbing, as yeah, they would say.
2: Yeah. Uh, both of which Croydon and Doris he had mentioned in previous episodes. Um, and he says made an entry in my diary on the way over here. It simply said bugger. And I just love that line, and I'm not I can't even explain why. But just everything about everything about what the weird and perfect tone of this episode is in that it's like this joke, but it's this real like tragic thing. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, no. And then, uh, George, who's been, you know, still optimistic and patriotic the whole time, just like for the first time in the series has this like moment of clarity and says to Captain Blackadder, I'm scared. Yeah. And everybody's scared. And it's just this really, you know, emotional moment between the four of them. Because they're all like, oh, we're going over the top and we're all going to die, basically.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So they all go up to the the foot of the ladder and the guns stop for a moment. And they're like, oh, it's peace. It's peace. And uh, Blackadder's like, no, that's just... They're just stopped because it's time for the attack.
1: Well, hasn't Baldrick just done his monologue about, like, why don't we just stop? You know, why can't we all just say we're not going to do it? And I forget what the you know yeah pithy rejoinder from blackadder is but it's just like why do we have to do this uh and that's also very upsetting
2: yeah it is and then so as they're about to go up baldrick says his catchphrase throughout the whole run which we haven't even
1: mentioned yet
2: right (laughs) but his catchphrase is always i have a cunning plan (laughs) and blackadder says oh as cunning as a fox that just got his phd at cunning from cambridge well it doesn't matter it's too late uh you know we have to go and, you know, what a fool I was to pretend to be mad. Who would notice another the madman in this war? Mm-hmm. And then the order goes off and Blackadder blows his whistle and sounds the attack and they all go up.
0: And the whole time this is going on, I'm like, this is a comedy. They're going to pull it out, right? They're going to live. And then smash cut to the field of poppies. And my initial reaction was, son of
1: a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> No, and I mean, it's just really interesting, because, I mean, everything that you watch...
0: You're so, like, especially um, American TV, you're just so conditioned, especially in a, a half-hour comedy format like this, mm-hmm. that, um, oh, everything's fine, all your favorite characters somehow manage to survive, Yeah, di
1: da yeah. And in this one, none of them nope. do, except yeah. probably Melchit and his wooden bladder. <laughs> yeah. In his dicky leg. Um... No, but I mean, just World War I occupies the British consciousness way more than it does Americas. I mean, they were in it longer, right, yeah, and you know their entire population was decimated in a way that ours wasn 't
2: yeah uh, well, and I just think it 's odd because I feel like, and it 's hard to say whether this is just that we know British culture better because of the shared language, like it it almost has more of a place in their culture than the French culture, even though it was fought on French soil. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know what? I think it is. I think it's because French culture is so much more bound up with World War II yeah. and sort of their failure there. And that's what they have to deal with, sort of, as yeah. a, as a c- cultural mind. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas...
1: Well, and I mean, to an extent, I mean, the war in Europe was won in World War II by Winston Churchill. You know what I mean?
2: I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of you know i mean stalin was, well, was another candidate don't forget for that
1: old uncle joe but, I mean,
2: yeah but but Church- who also had a really uh or robust he mustache will
0: come and kill you <laughs>
2: yeah but i mean it's certainly fair to say that a whole lot of really powerful people wanted to negotiate a surrender with germany mm-hmm. and churchill like kept that from happening yeah and it, they very well might have if it wasn't for him yeah
1: um, at any rate, uh, it's a very devastating end to this series, which again, the stakes have been higher in this series. And I just wonder, you know, cause sh- the series isn't written by Stephen Fry and who Laurie it's written by two other guys. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. Ben, but I, is it Ben
1: Elton, Elton or and or Richard Eaton? Curtis. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I'm just like. I'm just so curious as to, you know, what their thought process was behind choosing the time periods that they did. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you know, the Middle Ages, whatever, like, nobody really cares about that. Right. Uh, I, I kind of did because I took a medieval English history Well, then maybe class. you should watch the first series. <laughs> yeah. <and> which, which,
0: <laughs> it was weird because I have this background of, like, hella old England, but then they're making all these references to after the fifteenth century, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't understand that <laughs> reference. Why can't you talk more about
1: bead? <laughs> <laughs> so then you know that Elizabethan, which is you know that was yeah. a big time for the you know British Empire, yeah, for sure, uh, but not you know a particularly deadly one. Yeah, uh, you know, and then uh, Regency period also not particularly deadly, apart from well, the fact that you know healthcare was shit.
2: Yeah, well, that the Napoleonic Wars were going on during the third one, right? But and none of like, them were involved, right? It's sort of like off in the background. Yeah, yeah, but then, yeah, but then this one, like, mm-hmm. they're right up in it.
1: No, and just so I mean, you know, there's no, you know, ordinarily there's the credits, music, and all that, but they don't oh, do no. any credits on that they just one. Have
0: Blackadder on the Field of Poppies. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And that's like it. Like, you
0: sons of bitches. Yeah. yeah.
2: No,
1: it's, uh, it's, it's all rough. Jokes, 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 dead. Yeah. Uh, much like, like life, life. itself.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's just... And it is. I mean, it, it was voted one of the best episodes of British television ever by the British public and all yeah. that sort of thing. And it's just like, just, just an amazing like accomplishment to, to land that.
1: Because no, it never feels cloying. It never feels manipulative. It just feels very honest to me. Yeah. Do you disagree, Jackie? I'm like, do you do you have an opinion? Please share. No,
0: really, just um, having very little knowledge of uh, the Blackadder series going into this, I was really impressed with the level of nuance that they were able to cram in a 30 minute episode over six episodes, so in three hours, right? Like more. more smart things to say about the war than some shows had to say over an entire like eight plus hours of yeah, television.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And I mean, again, like if you look at like Downton Abbey, that's all about sort of like the emotional toll of war and it has a lot less to do with policy. Right. And you know, what goes into making a war and maintaining a war. Yeah. Um, and you know, they did deal, you know, kind of with the human cost a bit. But even, like, you know, if you look at, like, that, you know, that guy who got blinded and killed himself, there was a whiff of Julian Fellows being, like, oh, you know, what a ponce. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Or it
0: all sort of went hand-wavy at the end of the episode, like, and then he went away, never to be seen again. Or, and then stuff got better. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Matthew walked again.
0: Yeah. But Sybil like, died for cause some it, reason, because yeah, it turns out the doctor kind of blows.
1: <laughs> you know what? I'm weirdly still like Team Clarkson. <laughs> I'm like, look, he was pretty I, justified in what he did. I, yeah, I'm <laughs> look very, at his bow tie. It's
0: very episode to episode on Dr Clarkson
1: yeah, he's a uh, right. he's like the screech of that series somehow. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, now you're dating oh, Cor- so- Tori Spelling. Oh, and now you're like, so- why are they hanging out with you? So That
0: means like before the end of the series, there's going to be some sort of like real to real sex tapes. <laughs> cancel
1: I would think Dr. so. <laughs> we went down to the Nickelodeon and <laughs> that was Dr. Clarkson <laughs> in his birthday suit. <laughs> uh, yeah. So any uh, parting final thoughts on on Blackadder Goes Forth? good (laughs) you guys it is really funny and also poignant it's
0: really funny and good and smart and stuff just like everybody that listens to this podcast and if you're like me and you haven't seen any of the black adders
1: beforehand you can dive right in and really not miss much yeah yeah i mean they all work as a standalone i mean the the kind of in jokes that they have are few and far between and they're just you know they're not integral to the plot or anything. She's like, oh, this is Megan's. <laughs> Which is exactly how I reacted when it happened. <laughs> it's true. It's,
2: it's written that way in her notes. Yeah, <laughs>
1: Bay. <laughs> all right great well thank you so much uh dowager cousin jackie for joining us Agreed. thank you for coming again. to my basement hovel apartment <laughs> uh it's not a hovel it's very nice oh, yes. thank you uh at any rate we will be back in a couple weeks doing something else we forget what we forget what but i bet you haven't so look it up <laughs> and until next time up, up yours, yours downstairs, downstairs lunging out